She came by a lake and she saw a big alligator on the edge of the lake and she hopped up to him and said, Hi, I'm the wide-mouthed frog and I just had some babies and I was wondering what you feed your babies. And the alligator said, Well, I feed my babies wide-mouthed frogs. Oh, you don't see many of those around here, do you? That good, huh? It's funny when I heard it. <clears throat> gonna be that way, I'm gonna go to work. Hello, and welcome to Cheap Scares, the horror movie podcast that should have picked Christine. <laughs> My name is David Schneider. I'm Sybil Arnett. Ah, <laughs> uh, so this week we uh we accidentally watched a nature documentary from 1983 called The Prey. It covers uh, uh, an invasive species to the Colorado woods known as teen campers. Thankfully, it seems that nature has some antibodies in the form of a <laughs> critter that's very good at cleaning up after yep. itself and making sure campsites are put away neatly. Yes, we wouldn't want to start a fire. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you know, it was bound to happen, so it's good that we got it out of the way early because this is the horror movie fan experience really you see a promotional image and you think that kind of seems amazing or at the very least it seems like it's gonna be some trashy good fun and you jump in on it and you don't look at the reviews because let's face it you can't trust horror movie reviews ever Shutter is nothing but fours or above or a two. Yeah, there, there's it. It's either the best thing ever made or it's unforgivable trash. And everybody's got their own biases going into their own reviews, and like you can't trust any of them ever, uh, including this one that you're listening to right now. Yeah, you shouldn't take our word for it. You should go out and watch the Prey from 1983. Definitely. I'm going to say, okay, but only because you don't necessarily have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So yeah, the, the poster, uh, it is uh, a, a hatchet through, looks like, a, it's like a tree wearing a bodice, something like that. There's a few versions of this one. And the tagline, uh, as we established last week, it says, it's not human, and it's got an axe, which it turns out that first part is a lie, and the second part is a technicality. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But everything did kind of happen. Although if we take that tagline at its word, we get really racist really fast. Yeah, I don't think the person who made the poster actually watched the movie. And I don't blame them. Yeah, I, I, I suspect they may have made a better one if they were making a film. So yeah, this was produced by Essex Productions, which is, I, as far as I can tell, largely, like... Uh, focused on softcore, let's call them romantic films. 
I, I, I would assume the name Essex is uh, chosen for a reason. Probably. Probably. Uh, so it was directed by Edwin Brown and, uh, air quotes, written by Edwin Brown and his wife, Summer Brown. And their entire filmography before this point is hardcore porn. And it seems like they immediately went back to doing that afterwards. This film just sort of sat on the shelf for like four years. Apparently there was a reshoot that nobody is willing to take any credit for. Which we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into that, of course. I think we kind of have to in the middle because it's the only explanation of what happened. It is, I guess, technically an early pioneer of the uh, people stand around in the woods and do nothing genre of slasher film. Because it was filmed before Friday the 13th came out. And then, as I said, sat on the shelf for a few years. It's kind of like if The Hills Have Eyes took place somewhere with greenery. Yes. So we start at the North Point, Keen Wild, 1948, which I, I did a very quick search. I couldn't find anything that's called Keen Wild. I don't know if it's an actual place. But the point is, in 1948, there was a forest fire. It sounds pretty bad because there's like a lot of screaming but uh it it seems like it is mostly just footage of like an actual forest fire that someone was driving through yeah this this is b-roll they didn't set the woods on fire for this movie <laughs> they just found it and yeah it's just a lot of screaming for a good couple of minutes and then the credits start to to run and with like really awkward strings the the soundtrack is terrible is mostly just going it, it's like trying to do the psycho thing the ring 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 but like all the time so i wonder if you didn't have maybe it's just the fact that the source for my viewing was uh very very beat up like, I could not read some of the details on screen at times, but I don't recall much of a score. Hmm. No, uh, yeah, it was, it was not much, and mm -hmm. what was there was bad. So I watched it on Tubi, uh, and it looked all right, I thought. It was, uh... You probably got the recent remaster then. Yeah, it, it was remastered by Arrow Films and released in 2019 uh, on Blu-ray, which... And I did very nearly pick up a copy of that because it was on a half-price sale in town at Barnes & Noble. Mm. I'm very you... glad I didn't. How do, you, how do you feel about that decision now? Uh, I probably would have looked into how they have three different cuts of this movie. That is that is true. That is a thing that I I look at and go, maybe I should, and then my brain just kicks right back in, and it's like, oh wait, no, no, don't don't do that. I bought deep cover instead. But yeah, this was this was definitely the the newer transfer. Um, it mine looks like it was sourced from a VHS. 
No. Um the the credits roll was pretty like bouncy, like really unsteady. So I thought looking at it, I thought it was like one of those early DVD masters that they just uh pulled out and reused for Blu-ray, which were was good enough for a DVD, but not necessarily like good enough for a top quality Blu-ray. Yeah, and it's mine was not. Well, I'm sorry. I think it kind of made it more charming in places. You didn't get the true experience. Oh, yeah, no, I I bet the monster probably looked a lot better. Okay, so they do show the monster. Mm-hmm. So my mine also um, lost... We may have just completely watched different cuts of this movie, apparently. Well, no, I, I lost video after 60 minutes. Oh. So the final act I just heard is sound. But but that's where that's where all the plot happens. <laughs> um the last scenes I clearly got were when they start going up Suicide Peak and then it's just all like black with occasional speckles which let me know that okay there was there's video here it's just broken. Nice, nice. And you, and you paid money for it. Yep, three whole dollars. Cool. So yeah, uh, after all of this, it goes to 1980, and there's an upper-middle-aged couple who is camping. Uh, Canadian they, as hell. Yeah, they are having a meal, and uh, the, the man just says at some point, Good chow. They chow down for, like, a while, Everything happens really slowly. I I have some time codes on when things happen, and uh, this yeah. bit is about three or four minutes with maybe four lines of dialogue. Yeah. Um, there's good chow. Uh, the woman gets picks up the dishes after a while. And goes, uh, if I'm not back in ten minutes, you come looking for me. Yep. Um, intercut through this occasionally is uh, a first-person camera viewpoint, which it becomes immediately apparent this is the killer. And every time it cuts to this shot of the killer lurking nearby and staring... There's this incredibly loud heartbeat sound effect, which is, like, intolerable. I'll probably cut some of that in here just because I have the rental for another few hours and need to get my money's worth. Sure. Sure. Also, every now and then it'll just uh, flash to the fire and the screaming for like a second well, yes. when we're doing that. Because that's that's how people, well, that uh, I'm sorry, it's not human. That's how uh, sentient beings remember things. So, at first I thought that was because it saw the fire that they had, you know, they were eating around. But no, later it'll just start flashing when they're looking at teens. Yeah, it f the first couple of times it seems like it's related to the fire, and then I guess that that was 
too much to keep track of, so it just kind of happens whenever. Mm-hmm. So the woman goes off. She does get a name eventually. I don't remember it. She is Mary. Um, Mary. These are Mary and Frank. I remember Frank. Frank starts puffing on his pipe and then wanders over to the axe. And I'm like, okay, it's happening. He sharpens <laughs> his axe and starts chopping logs. Wow. Amazing. Uh, but the woman hears a noise. Oh, is someone there? Ooh. Uh, then it starts zooming really, really close on both of them. You, and so it's going like, who's going to die first? Who's going to die first? Uh, Frank got his head chopped off. Which we don't get to see. We don't see the actual action. Um, this is fairly common for movies that end up with uh, an R rating. It's more common to actually see like the limbs and stuff getting chopped off nowadays. So the reason but, uh, this irks me is that... We will then cut to Mary, who gets back to the campsite, and she sees the body spurting. Probably one of the best effects in the movie is just the head spurting blood on the ground. Yeah, it's it's the one squirt of blood out of the one artery, which yep. is not very realistic, but it gets the job done, I guess. But it looks like this critter has just taken Frank's head off in one clean blow, because it's very the top of a sausage after a knife goes through it, not hacked and slashed. Sure. And then we suddenly just see the axe go up and down a bunch of times like, oh, Nancy's made of adamantium. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's just sort of a vague chopping motion. And it <laughs> everything's cut so that we don't see the killer, much much like Friday the 13th, the, tr the, the later trailblazer for this genre. Um, but... Like, it's always really awkward. Especially when it's just filmed where it just looks like an axe. Like, somebody's shaking it. I'm making a gesture and I'm realizing, oh wait, no <laughs> one can see this. <laughs> Darn, if only we had a video cast. A, a vodcast? Is that what people call it? I am in no way shaving to record about the prey. Yeah, no, no, absolutely not. Anyway, <laughs> this, uh, that's the end of, of that. They're dead. And so it's time to enjoy nature. And oh boy, oh. can you enjoy nature in this fucking movie? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was writing down what each uh, each one was for a while and eventually i did i just had to stop because there's so much of it it is easily like i'm not exaggerating over 10 minutes of just nature shots throughout this movie oh, yeah. it, he is in no way exaggerating because i started looking at i'm just going to write down time codes for when interesting things happen uh, around six minutes is when we have this couple go down, and it takes over ten. We're at <laughs> ten-something before we show our cast. All we see for the next four minutes are wilderness B-roll, 
which was apparently filmed by someone uh, on the team who ended up getting co-cinematographer credit for it. Yeah, uh, uh, according to Wikipedia here, it's about a 70-30 split of stock footage to stuff they filmed. Hmm, nice. And then we're just looking at a van and hearing a bunch of voiceover. Mm Mm-hmm. And then almost 11 minutes in, we show our cast. Yep, uh, the van is filled with teens. They are singing a song of uh, Roll Your Leg Over the Man in the Moon, which apparently is a a, a thing where you occasionally s- stop everything and sing about your dick. It has it's, some sea shanty vibes. Yeah. And it, it's... I don't know. I guess, I guess it's fine, but after we just watched... Uh, all all kinds of animals just enjoying their lives. It I, I I started getting really really worried. Mostly lizards. Yeah. So let's see. Uh. So for this first batch, uh, let's see. A bee enjoying a flower. A spider enjoying a web. There's a really loud millipede. Just zoomed way in on that millipede. Oh yeah. Uh. There's a frog. A, a raccoon. We sit on that raccoon for a while. An eagle and a spider. Padding. The eagle makes the weirdest noise. This movie is seventy nine minutes, and like it has maybe, maybe like the events of a a pretty drawn out Tales of the Crypt episode, if that. In fact, if you put if you cut all the nature footage. You could probably get this into a half-hour time slot as an anthology show with a framework. So the teens arrive. It's absolutely Colorado. You can tell because there's flags. Uh, (laughs) They are such teenagers. (laughs) The most teenage teenagers I've seen in a film in quite some time. I only wrote down three of their names out of the six because that's really all that matter. I, 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 I've, I was stubborn. I was like, I'm going to figure out what all of these stupid people are called. And I did get it. The, it, took, it took a little bit before we got the last name. I, I just I cannot stress enough that these teens are all 30. Oh, yeah. They... Like, they don't explicitly say what their ages are supposed to be, so you can you could probably think, oh, they're supposed to be, like, 30, but, like, everybody just calls, well, everybody, the, the other two characters just call them kids, and they are written in a way that is very clearly supposed to be, uh, like, 19 tops. Yeah, if they're... In college, they're just starting. Yeah. Okay, so the teens. There's six of them. <laughs> there is Gail. Gail is a Gail is a blonde, and uh, she is she's the prissy one. Uh, she's got a weird side ponytail thing that she keeps doing. Uh, she looks like she's ready to camp, but. Oh, uh, no, it turns out, like, as soon as they start going, it's just nonstop complaints. Cool. Yeah, she's freshly bought all of this, which leads to problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, like, 
like five seconds after they get out of the van, the, it changes to a close-up shot of her asking where the bathroom is, and it's like it was shot on a different day. It's jarring. I'm very curious, especially with the multiple cuts thing, how this was edited together. How much did they go back out and film? How much of this was just, Uh, well, let's do this another time? I, I, I don't think they ever went back. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah. So the teens, it, it is three. It is three young women and three young men. I forgot to mention. They yep. are they are couples. They are all couples. Uh, let's see. Gail is uh hooked up with Greg, who is uh, he is the nerdy one. Uh, he. And I- only dressed, remembered it because they were the two G's. He is dressed uh, in like a full Richard Simmons look. He's got the puffy hair, the short shorts. Is it's just that, which makes him look even older. Now I don't know why you'd say that. I only walked out of this fifty sci-fi movie where ants got hit by radiation. <laughs> uh, let's see. There's Bobby who has a. Uh, She's the one with, like, shoulder-length hair. And uh, she's, like, the sporty one. Uh, she, she's, she's actually ready to camp. Yep. Um, let me see. Uh, she is hooked up with Skip, who, he, he, who is, like, the football jock man. He, he walks out of the van wearing a football jersey. And the jersey says Warren, which I guess is supposed to be his last name or something. I don't know. And it, do- Skip it doesn't matter. Skip is the one who's playing pranks, right? Yes, yes. Skip is the worst one. Yep. Uh, and then the last girl is Nancy, and she's one of those characters you take one look at and go, she's going to be the last survivor. Uh, mm. She is... She is... Uh, very plain, pla- very plainly dressed. She's got very severe hair clips on, uh, just re- mostly straight brown hair that just sort of like uh, fluffs out near the front, near the ends. I-, I don't know how to describe hair dues. I would put it at uh, half perm. Sure, sure, half perm. Maybe maybe like one third perm. Yeah. Anyway, her 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 uh her bow is Joel, who is barely a character. He's just kind okay. of there. I feel better because I did not remember <laughs> what Joel did. I remember Skip's an a hole. I remember uh, Gail and Greg are the two G's. Joel went fishing that one time. Right. Okay. And so they're hang uh, uh the boys go off to do something and then a very cool park ranger shows up. And he's like uh, younger than them. He looks like a baby. He is uh as we discover later on he's basically a hippie. He he uh he plays the banjo, he drinks cores, he eats weird sandwiches. <laughs> His name yep. is Mark O'Brien. 
and Nancy and the two sluts meet up meet up with him and those two just start getting real flirty and they get the vapors and then Nancy who's probably like a virgin or something she she immediately announces oh we're here with our boyfriends Ugh. Nancy I do love that he pulls up in a car with lights and a ranger everything on it and he gets out in uniform <laughs> and they say Hey, thank you. Hello there, sir, or officer. Hi, hi, officer. And his response is, do I look like a cop? Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Uh, so they, they tell him they're going to North Point, at which point he goes, watch out for bears. And one of the, I think Bobby goes, ba oh, no, it's probably Gail going, it's Gail. Bears? And then it's shut quickly cuts to a clip of a bear just in case you've never seen one and then it's like a woodpecker and a snake <laughs> yeah and we <laughs> might be making this sound more jarring than it is but no um have you seen monos the hands of fate oh oh yes yes i have so you you know how there's the very poorly day for nighted mm -hmm. animal footage in that but that blends better than some of the rush cuts to this foot. It's like whoever yeah. was doing the editing was really proud of that nature stuff. And we need to get away from these characters with names and just show you more of the great outdoors every chance. We don't have a plot. We need something. Wi Wikipedia has a uh, description of this, which is... Frankly, I'm just going to read it verbatim because it is much funnier than anything I could come up with. Mm -hmm. Edwin Brown incorporated the various footage of animals as an analogy to the relationship between predator and prey, which applies to both animals and humans. Though he conceded that some of the nature footage was added to increase the film's running time. Huh. <laughs> you know, just some of it. I thought you were going to bring up one line that I took down from, apparently this is cited as being from one of the extras in discussion of the film. The screenplay featured little written dialogue, and much of the filming involved improvisation between the actors. And it's very it, clear. It shows. Oh my god. For instance, in this next section, where... The teens are walking to their campsite. They're having a conversation, which, like, more than half of it just sounds like they're just going, mm, 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 Okay, that's not my copy. Good. All, uh, it's almost entirely inaudible, and yeah, it goes on I don't on think they did in the ADR. So long. probably actual mics on them in the wilderness. Yeah. Near them. <laughs> yes. I didn't uh, see any booms, but, you know, it might have been blurred out. And as they go on, Gail starts getting tired and grumpy. As just, a th we, we watch them go for minutes. This is where we start getting the, Gail's so cruel to Greg because she's talking about how she's got all sorts of blisters. And Greg just goes, well, I told you to break in the boots before the day of. And she goes, well, that lot of good that does me now, asshole. Yeah, she's, which is, 
really mean. Yeah. Like, not, not, I mean, he was being kind of rude, too, but she just escalated. Oh, yeah. And, um, that's all of their characterization, other than one other detail. Her blisters have blisters. I do, I do want to, uh, make, make a special note of, uh, a conversation that Skip has with the boys, uh, where he is, uh, he is describing to them how to have a special night with your lady. First, you play it real cool. Snuggle up to her in the old sleeping bag. And then, slip it right to her. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and, um, every man in this film, with the possible exception of Greg, is just horn-dogging it the whole time. Yeah, they don't ever get anywhere. We do see a few boobs, though. They are ready to go. We don't see them for a wh- for quite some time. It, this is actually like a lot less horny and sleazy than I expected, considering the source. Yeah, no, I was ex- well. This is a whole lot less of a film than we were expecting, so that might have something to do with it. Very, very definitely. Also, intercut with this at some point is uh, we see uh, the killer who, at this point, I just started calling him Heartbeat. <laughs> um, he is laying a rope trap, and we see his giant, weird puppet hands doing it. And this becomes Chekhov's trap because, uh, yeah, nothing comes yeah. of this for a while. Yeah, it, it 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 was kind of clever how they brought it back, but also oh, yeah. e- extremely lucky on the killer's part. <laughs> so, uh. Gail finally decides, you know what, you guys just go on ahead, I'll catch up, just go, I hate you all, basically. And she's brushing her hair and making herself look nicer, but then she notices something in the woods. The music starts going dun 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 And she starts running and running and running. Someone throws birds at her <laughs> at one point. Yes. <laughs> just off screen, just woof, hurls like four birds right into her. Your props. It is on her path. So they didn't just do a weird cut here. It looks like someone hucked birds in her face. It's pretty funny. Because <laughs> she lets out this scream. <laughs> I think it's the only natural acting she does. <laughs> none, of the, none of the acting in this is very good. Which, you know, it's it's a Teens in the Woods movie. That's fine if... Th- there's a lot of things in this that would be fine if the rest of it was okay. Unfortunately, the rest of it is not. No, the, the best part of this movie is one of the camp. Uh, the rest of them are at camp. They're doing camp stuff. They're, like, collecting glasses. They do at camp. 
Uh, Gail is very mad that those bastards didn't wait for her. And she goes, I could have been raped or killed out there. And Skip goes, oh, by what? Gailey, a horny chipmunk. What? And, you know, the horny chipmunk line did make me laugh. It's such a weird comeback. Uh, Greg is there, and uh, Skip does say, or the one you should watch out for is Greg, because he's got, like, a giant dick. Down past his knees, I think, is the comment. (laughs) Again, knowing that all this dialogue is improvised does make me wonder why the direct... Well, okay, they they ran out of film, but why there weren't a couple of retakes. (laughs) Some of these lines are insane. Uh, And... Yeah, nobody believes her that she saw something in the woods unspecified, which is weird. Yep. Like, nothing out here could ever hurt us, I think someone says at some point. And it's just like, we literally just saw a bear, but okay. And Uh, then begins the montage. Oh my god. Uh, It's mealtime. Oh, God. They are sitting around the campfire. They've got fish. They got pork and beans. Uh, Gail is doing her makeup at one point in the dark. Yep. In the dark with a mirror. This is like one of... Uh, ve- there's very few actual scenes in the dark in this movie. Yeah, which is why that like, one's so jarring. I, I assume they just couldn't afford to light it safely enough. So they just filmed most everything during the day. Yeah, these these guys don't have a camera. Or a generator. Let's see. Nancy cooked the fish. That's an important detail. Uh, and the entire time, they are eating. They are chatting. Animals are nearby. We get, we get to see all kinds of animals. Like, like a centipede, a tarantula, a snake. Actually, the entire snake, we watch the the entire snake go from, like, one end of the log to the other. And I just want to ask, what time do you think we're at in the film at this point? Um, I, you know, I did look and I, I saw that it was, like, well over five minutes that we were on this one part. Uh, go ahead. We are at 25 minutes and at 30 is when they finally break from this scene. But there's very little dialogue. I I, I also uh, rather enjoyed the uh, lengthy shot of a snake eating a rat, swallowing it. Yep. Uh, they start telling stories, and like two of their stories are about how they couldn't open doors because of like water pressure, which is weird. A uh, couple of them are. Uh, T- uh, looking at the sky and like I think I think that's Nancy and Joel and she's just like oh yeah what's that constellation what's that one uh, what about that one smart guy then uh, Greg the nerd the disgusting nerd interrupts this pleasant meal because he he knows about the Pleiades ugh fuck him and he <laughs> he tries to save it because he's telling like oh yeah and you know here's the here's the uh 
mythological origin of that and these two were lovers together and he's he's like answering questions and delivering like somewhat interesting knowledge and they're just they just start laughing at him yeah everyone's looking at him like all that's coming out of his mouth are fart sounds so this is the point where yep. the alternate cut really takes a turn yep. from what i can gather well let, let's describe what the alternate cut replaced which is the tail of the monkey's paw yes it's a, it, an old soldier gave a monkey's paw to his old war buddy, and they wished for $50,000, even though they're in England. But the, the paw moved, and it's something, something, something. It just kind of cuts away, uh, and it cuts back, and we're just, like, we've just, like, slam cut into the zombie sun part. Yep. <laughs> Except and, he changed the ending. Yes. Or at least this is never one I've heard before. It sounds like a punchline and it makes no sense. Then what was the third wish? Well, he just wanted a good night's sleep. This is very funny and very clever. Yeah. So, um, that Skip story. Skip tells a very different tale in the longer cut of this movie, which adds a 20-something minute flashback from what we gather. Yeah, I, I should stress that it seems like no single person involved in the original film was involved in these reshoots. Yeah, it's an entirely different cast, and it fleshes out. In the film, there is one brief conversation from a cameo by Uncle Fester mm -hmm. explaining the monster's plot. And that's not me being sarcastic. It's literally Jackie Coogan, who was Uncle Fester yep. on the Addams Family TV show. Yes, I believe it, uh, uh, he died shortly after this uh, this movie came out, unfortunately. Uh, he, is, he is, like, the best thing in this movie by a oh, mile. Oh, I marked out when we just cut to him out of <laughs> nowhere. Yeah, I, I didn't recognize him, but he's, he's a delight. When... We'll get there, but he's... So Skip starts telling the story, and apparently they removed nature footage to get more of this in. No and it's good. a bunch of sex scenes, and then that fire we saw at the start of the movie is discovered to be arson because some guy was mad that a bunch of cavemen who are also Romani are like one of them might have slept with his wife, so he burns the forest down to try and kill them. And this is why the monster is, um, puppety. Yes, this is, he was a burn victim, and you know that when you become a burn victim, your, your hands get rubber and giant, and we do see it later. It does not look even a little bit like... Like a burnt victim. Yeah, I only saw the hands, so my version didn't have the actual guy. I'll get you a screenshot or something later. Please do. Or I'll look it up. It, it's terrible. It, it looks awful, and it's just like in broad daylight. Ooh, no. So yeah, the whole thing, uh, they say gypsy the whole time, because, you know. Yeah, I was going to be more tasteful. But, um... 
in the original cut, it's not too bad. Like, it's just sort of, like, there as an aside for explaining, like, why there were so many people there that died in the fire. Mm-hmm. It's just shorthand for, there's sure a lot of them, huh? Yep. Which, n- uh, not great, but I I can only imagine this 23 minutes of fucking and killing does not help. I do like that, uh, they apparently, to keep it from being obvious that it is an entirely different person, just dub over the whole character so the <laughs> voice matches. It's great. Anyhow, we're back in the movie, and at 30 minutes, everyone gets up to have a piss party. Yes, yes. Three of them. Bobby stands up, she needs to pee, and she like looks for volunteers. no sorry this isn't a bathroom we can't go with you it's the code Uh, well skip and joel decide to come along and she's like okay let's go um so those two just like piss on a tree together uh and a little bit on each other because one of them hits the other in the middle yeah it starts getting real uh real golden a little bit um one of them says Ah, the pause that refreshes, which, what? <laughs> I I feel like in a movie that was not starved for content, you would just have them say, hey, I need to pee, and then you would not film it. Yeah. Because <laughs> we get a couple yeah. minutes out of three people peeing in the woods. Yeah. And it's not like they filmed it like you see anything. No, it's just... A bunch of standing around, but that's clearly what's supposed to be happening up to and including, hey, watch where you're <laughs> aiming. But uh, the important reason why we must describe this piss party is uh, Bobby finishes and she uh, starts heading back and then Skip just jumps in front of her and screams and she screams oh, yeah. louder and just immediately faints. <laughs> yeah, it is. The most interesting thing that has happened in the movie since the axe a half hour ago. It's it's just a complete fake scare. And they're just like, oh, shit. Uh Uh-oh. What do you mean she took that really terribly? And this is is where we see uh, Mark the Park Ranger tuning a banjo for a while. And then he, like, stops for a chorus break. Just make sure we see that can. Just a solid 90 seconds of playing the banjo with a brief sip in the middle. And then we cut back to the kids. This is such an exciting movie. (laughs) And my copy was in such poor quality, I didn't realize that was Ranger Mark until later. So I just thought, why are they all fucking outside when they have a cabin? Yeah, it definitely sounds like the HD version that I saw was... The vast improvement. Some of the text was unreadable. Yeah. In what little text there is in this movie. Mostly signs. Uh, so everybody's getting ready for bed. Uh, nobody is slipping it right to anybody. Um, this, this is where uh, we establish that Gale is with Greg because he is, quote, worth $50 million. What? Yep why oh, poor greg when his dad's gone all that money's his why 
50 million really that okay <laughs> he, pretty he, wild for the early 80s yeah he 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 could be rich and but no he's just like insane rich and so i guess i guess she's just a gold digger not that it really matters so at this point we see nancy and joel have that brief chat uh bobby is pissed at skip mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, of course you're not getting any tonight. Here's my little joke. I'm not putting out. <laughs> yep. And, uh... And Gail and Greg keep, you know, they're actually talking. It's like, these two don't seem like they hate each other when they're alone. And they're actually starting to get to making out. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. that's when Gail sees they're being watched. Yes. Uh. Well, it's, uh, first she, like does a little weird little power play where she like makes him apologize and tell tell me you love me. Oh, I don't believe you. You'd say anything. You're so horny. Oh, okay. I love you. And then he the boob touching happens. Yep. Um let me see what else. What else? Anything else here? No, yep, that's pretty much it. <laughs> it's really hard to eke anything out of discussing this because we could go down a note of actual actions that happen in this movie and probably be done in under a half hour. Uh, I uh, like uh, my my notes have uh, things where like I was starting to get really bored. Uh, it's like romantic woodwinds play as Nancy and Joel rub faces. It's just like a lot okay, of stuff so like that. <laughs> a. I usually grab two pages for notes when I'm doing these. I just take them down on a clipboard as I'm watching mm-hmm. the movie. And uh, to put this in perspective, with Saw 4, I needed two pages in the end. Mm-hmm. With Jigoku, I actually needed three. This one, I did not even get to one full page. And keep in mind, I'm making a lot of sarcastic notes to myself in here like, more bean dinners than the lighthouse. <laughs> uh, so yeah, nothing happens, and then Gail spots the monster, and she's like, it insists that Greg go investigate. He he's got he he's got stupid horror wiener syndrome, and uh, okay. finally he finally just decides to go, but he doesn't believe her, and she also doesn't want him to go. So like, what what do you? What exactly do you want here? After he goes, she she uh, she is topless at this point. So there there we go. There's there they are. If you need them, she picks up a uh, a pink t shirt with uh, two pharaohs on it, and it says "Keep your hands off my tuts," which is pretty good, <laughs> I think. Okay. I was trying to see what was on that because there's clearly text, but all of it just looked like a smudge. Yeah. Damn, that actually would have made me laugh. <laughs> uh, but then after that is probably the single sleaziest shot in the whole movie. So. Oh, you mean her being strangled to death with yeah. her panties out? Yeah, so... uh we uh heartbeat approaches her uh he starts smothering her with i think uh greg's sleeping bag and yes. you know he he has to be off screen we can't we can't show the monster this early it's it's like movie rules uh so we'll just keep him off screen and we'll uh have her entire body uh 
in her underpants just writhing for a while on screen. Over a minute. For a long time. Great. I started timing these because I had nothing else to do. Cool. Great. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there it is if you want it. Congratulations. We briefly cut back to the banjo. And then back to the body. This movie could have been a lot worse. There could have been a lot more of that. Yeah. And I think that's the... Like, this scene in the dark between yeah. Gale and Greg is the only overtly horny content. Yeah, they they do go swimming later, which is a little okay. horny, but it's nowhere near as much so. Um, So she's dead. Uh, We cut back to Greg. Oh, no, it's an owl. Ooh. Oh, no, my lantern went out. Oh, no, where are the matches? And he lights the match. And immediately, the giant puppet hands reach around and rip his throat open. The sa- soundtrack is just unlistenable at this point. Just going, the soundtrack... <laughs> the soundtrack combined with the quality left me wondering how he died. Because I just suddenly yep. see, oh no, the lantern went out. Yeah, And the it... owl face. And then... I could tell by the noises he was supposed to be dead, but I couldn't t- make out what was happening in the dark. Yeah, no, in uh, in my version, it was, in fact, uh, pretty clear that uh, his throat was ripped open. And Gotcha. Like, it's good enough that you can, like, see the separation between the prosthetic and, if you want to call it a prosthetic, and, like, his actual neck. Oh, hey. But it's, it's pretty gory for, uh... So what for, I'm gathering is that this happening. film did not skimp on the uh, removing heads from next budget, but not much else. I'm trying to think. The other kills after this are all pretty lame. Well, not, maybe not lame, but like they're not gory. I mean, if you only have the one, maybe one and a half props, you can only get so much use out of it. Oh no, the monster has developed a taste for throats! <laughs> That that's all that happens that night. He uh, he could have gone off and killed the other teens, but he just doesn't. He actually cleans up their campsite. We'll yeah. find out later. Yeah, just which seems completely out of character. But we we go into the morning and it's a close up shot of uh, Mark the Park Ranger. This is my favorite scene in the movie, by the way. He's telling the story of the wide mouthed frog. The joke is that uh, when when he is speaking as the wide mouth frog, his mouth is open really wide, and the frog asks various animals, "What do you feed your babies?" And then eventually gets to the alligator, and the alligator says, "I feed my babies." Well, uh, he didn't do the like a weird southern yeah. accent, but I feed my babies wide mouth frogs, and the frog responds, "But like his mouth is like squeezed shut like this." It's mm-hmm. very funny. And he's telling this to a baby deer that he's just, like, That's holding? That's the part that killed me, because we're keeping this tight shot, and eventually, after he tells that last bit, we suddenly see he's got a deer licking in his hand, and he just goes, yeah. Well, I don't know, that killed the first time I heard it. <laughs> he holds a conversation with this deer for another 30 seconds. 
like we don't see what the deer is eating. So it seems like we're just supposed to think the deer is just hanging out on its own accord, I think. But like, it's obviously like going for that hand. Like after he steps away, it's just like, no more. Gimme. It doesn't care about the wide mouthed frog at all. Yeah, that just, and he's like, oh, well, I guess I better go get to work. Yep. Then we cut to our teens. Yes, they wake up. Uh, they have discovered that Greg and Gale went off somewhere with all of their stuff. And then, then it's time for a brand new character. It's the Forest Service's very own Lester Tile. And Jackie Coogan is just shown sitting in the middle of a desk. <laughs> And he's just chilling, looking at some photos. And I I admit, I saw him and I'm like, it's Fester. <laughs> and I have been on a bit of an Adams Family kick lately. So this just really got me going. Gotcha. And I... he, like, they zoom in. He's really leaning into the, oh, I'm still bald and just doing the whole thing. Yeah, I never really was much for the original, for that show. So I, I did not immediately recognize him. I was I was more of a fan of the '90s movies. Which Neither were, are bad. The '90s movies are very good, I think. Um, oh yeah, no, I'm saying I think they're all quite good. But yes, we know his name is Lester Tile because it just sort of lingers on his like nameplate for a long time. I uh, didn't actually know his name was Tile until he said it because I saw Lester Tulls. Lester Tull. Well, he needs more woodwinds. Uh, so he gets a call from the Dover Police Department. It's Sergeant Parsons, who only exists in this scene. Sir, not appearing in this film. We, fa we found a guy who would take 20 bucks. Yep. Uh, so he's calling about the, the older couple that got killed in the opening, and they're missing now. And Lester says he'll send a ranger out to investigate. And we see his notes, and he has atrocious handwriting just by the way <laughs> and then we cut back to the teens who were look running around yelling for greg and gale and there's more nature shots uh i noted a particularly sinister shot of an iguana mm -hmm. can i just mention while the cops are calling about this he's calling about a missing persons case they vanished Three weeks ago, and only <laughs> now is anyone starting to go, maybe we should look up on that mountain. Yeah, well, they did say that, like, uh, school had just started and they didn't show up for their jobs. Gotcha. And that was when people noticed, so they kind of explained it. Um, I feel say. like, and maybe it's just me, if my teachers vanished during the summer, they probably had people who, like, talked to them. This just yeah, paints he, a depressing picture of the Sylvesters. I, I would assume that, like, th there's, like, a week of prep or something before the school year starts. Mm-hmm. Where they could, like, like notice, hey, the Sylvesters didn't show up. Nobody's and... going to be teaching Class 4A. That's a problem. Do we have substitutes? <laughs> this is Colorado. That's not what their accent said. This is absolutely, definitely, really Colorado. <laughs> Not North California. Uh, anyway, uh, the teens hold a vote, and Nancy gets bullied into staying instead of canceling the trip. 
So they just leave a note. There's a there's a quick shot of Nancy uh, stopping and going, please let them be okay, out loud. And she looks up at the sky and there's a there's some vultures or something. And we snap cut to the critter dragging Gale's body, leaving a trail. Yep. There, there's a scene with Lester and Mark in the ranger station, which is like the closest this thing comes to having a personality. So it was probably improved. Uh, yeah. Lester brought sandwiches. It's a, a cute, like cucumber and cream cheese on oatmeal bread. And Lester is just like disgusted at this hippie shit. Uh, eventually, the the scene itself doesn't matter. It's like we decide to send Mark to go investigate. Um, but as as it goes on, Lester gives in. He tries a sandwich. He never says that he likes it, and then he's just he just sort of like assumes control over the sandwiches as the scene goes on. It's actually pretty funny. I do. Like, you gonna finish that sandwich? Yeah. And then yeah. he he tells Coogan is the only person who can improv well, and I think this whole bit was him. <laughs> uh, he tells the story of the fire, which kills Mark's appetite, so he can take all of the sandwiches. And yeah, there's no, there's nothing new there that we haven't already did, already discussed from uh, from the extended cut. It's very brief here. It is. Two, maybe three sentences, giving you context for the pre-credits. Yep. And so Mark's gonna go check it out, and he grabs a gun. Lester suggests that he take the thirty ot six, which uh, I had to look up because I'm not a gun guy. It is the thirty dash o six Springfield cartridge, also known as uh, seven point six two by sixty three millimeter, which is uh, what all the good guns in Fallout uh, carry. Nice. And so he doesn't take that. He takes the sissy baby tranquilizer gun for losers. And I think the the final line Lester says in the film is, no way I trust those little darts. You're a braver man than I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that totally doesn't come back to fuck him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would think bear, twank, bear tranquilizers would probably be a good idea, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Of co- of course that he should have taken the real gun instead of this hippie shit. The padding just kind of continues for a while. Uh the teens find a swimming hole, they go swimming. Uh they splashing splashing around and having a good old like middlingly horny time. Yeah. Uh Mark Mark finds the note and goes to follow the directions to so that he can be there at the end of the film. Um, and it's around here is where the yep. guys and the gals split off, right? Yes, the guys go off to, to go repelling, it turns out. Mm-hmm. And the girls are, like, a little bit concerned because they're idiots. But they promise they're not going to hurt themselves, so of course they are. Uh, and then the girls, like, go back. And go, like, change back into their swimsuits. Just chilling along the river. Yeah, they, they go sunning. And the repelling begins. And it's around here that I lose video. So okay. I so. can describe what I heard, 
but I'm making some guesses about the events <laughs> of the movie from this part. You know, I think you probably got it pretty right. It's not really very complicated. So yeah, uh, Joel is the one that go uh, goes first after a coin flip. Mm-hmm. He goes... We spend a very long time on the setup and him going down. Uh, but Just clink, 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 clink. It's a lot of weird foley. But um, Mark the Park Ranger has uh found the trail that uh earlier the there was a shot of the killer dragging uh Gail's body along in a net along the ground in like a very clear line. And Mark finds that and follows it. And as he goes, he sees some vultures hanging out, uh, eating some meat, just doing their thing. And, uh, and the score works up to a sting. Uh, he mo- he, they're standing on some, tr- like a very light pile of twigs. He moves them. <laughs> and oh my God, it's Gale. And we get, just in case you don't recognize her, there's a flashback to, to her saying, hi, I'm Gail. <laughs> this makes that scene so much funnier because all I heard was the voice clip and I was like, <laughs> what? Did she live? Nope. Was she unconscious? Okay. Nope. Super dead. All right. And, okay. Th- this part you probably should have seen. Uh, the, the, the sirens are blaring on the soundtrack. And he, Mark just starts glaring at the vultures like it's their fault. And he, <laughs> he pulls out his gun and points it at them. And then he remembers he took the, the like, stupid pussy dart gun. And so he can't murder the vultures. And so he's just really upset. Wow. That's, um, wild. I'm, I'm, I'm editorializing on this dart gun, but they do insist that it is d- stupid and bad. But yeah, I mean, he, he like point, he points his gun at them. He was going to shoot the vultures for existing. Look, there's a reason Mark dresses like a cop, but isn't on the force. <sighs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. And then uh, we get like things are picking up by which I mean like something's happening (laughs) at all and we're 60 to 65 minutes in at this point yeah we're we're very close to the end Uh, the heartbeat killer uh, shows up at the top of the rock like wide open but nobody sees him and he he walks up to skip and I'm like oh he's gonna push him off no no, he just like picks him up and snaps his neck and just like leaves him there. <laughs> like, I, I heard these kills, but <laughs> I didn't think this could get funnier. I I was promised axe stuff. They had one axe kill, one and a half if you count whatever happened to the wife. Like, so technically you can't sue them yeah, for false advertising. Yeah, it like I said, it is a technicality. I wish the person who made the poster had made this movie. So he. Yeah, I was really excited. He then goes and uh, Joel is still repelling. And so the killer grabs the rope and just starts like shaking it around a little bit. Very sinisterly. (laughs) And he just like pulls out a knife and cuts it. 
and so, yeah, he falls. <laughs> you know, you know what my favorite part of this is thinking it through. When he's just shaking the rope, you know Joel's final thought is not, "Oh no, a monster!" It's, "God damn it, Skip!" <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I, went, yeah, I do think he he yells, "Hey, what are you doing?" or something. Joel goes to hell thinking that Skip is playing a prank on him. It's a fun prank. <laughs> so he screams as he falls and the remaining characters notice and go to investigate. The the girls get there first and they actually have like a somewhat realistic like quiet panic. Because they just find the body yeah. first, right? Yeah, they find the body and they're freaking out, but it's not like, like I don't know, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 20 minutes of screams. Yeah, they're just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Bobby goes to vomit and Nancy takes charge at this point because the killer is here. She She's like, okay, Bobby, let's go. I'm going to, I'm get, we're going to get out of here. I'm going to save you at least. And she's, she's yes. like... She's just the full power protagonist at this point. Uh, Gals doing it for themselves. Sure. Uh, so they run, <laughs> and this is where I realize, oh yeah, there's like no night shots in this movie. Probably, it's this is probably happening in midday because it would be really unsafe. So, please tell me what happens to Bobby because the sound was <laughs> sure something. Uh, yeah, that's another thing you should definitely, uh, check out. Um, so after they're running for a while, there's like a really long slow-mo shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nancy's just yelling, we have to run, we have to run, damn it. And that's when Bobby trips on that rope trap from earlier in the movie. Okay, there was a sound yeah. effect that made me think that's what happened, but... So I could she, not tell. So she trips on it and transforms into a dummy and uh, goes flying into a rock with the, like a gentle <laughs> splat. Wow. Okay. And, okay. you know, at this point, you know, I guess four of your best friends are dead uh, is still f and like, skip. okay, but <laughs> uh, I'm counting him, I guess. But, okay. Like, Four of them is fine. You can, she can, Nancy can still go. She can still do this and survive. Five is, I guess, like a buffer overflow, and so she just soft lock. <laughs> she soft locks for the rest of the movie. Oh, uh, she just kind of leans up against a tree, quivering for like the entire rest of it. It's just a complete one eighty. I that sucks. Yeah, I wondered why she went silent. I thought it killed them both. Nope. Oh no. Okay. Oh no, it's worse. Oh no. Oh, I think you just recontextualized the final scene for me. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Okay, so so at this point Mark the Park Ranger shows up and he shoots the guy he shoots the killer with the tranquilizer and we we finally get like a really good look at uh this stupid rubber head. It doesn't look at mm -hmm. all like a burn victim. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll just, look up a picture. It's just like generic mutant crap. He roll. He does an action roll at one point, just sort of like gently rolling into the guy's legs to topple him. Uh, <laughs> grabs a branch, beats him in the face, and oh, uh, 
he then the killer just like stops moving and he's just like oh well i guess we're done here so he immediately <laughs> turns his back to go check on nancy and so of course the it, of course he dies just uh oh the killer, okay the killer immediately gets back up and strangles him uh he strangles him really hard and like blood spurts out of his mouth who which okay yeah okay uh Nancy's screaming, no, 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 no. And uh, finally the killer comes up and he gets very close and just sort of reaches over and touches her sides. And then it starts cutting back to nature footage. It's, it's, uh, it's fall. It's winter. It's spring. And then we settle on a shot of a cave and we hear the sound of a baby crying. Okay. The end. So wow. Okay. I I took this ending as the killer just murders everyone, and mm-hmm. then the score does something, and then we hear the baby. And I thought it was just like, oh yeah, the the child who was left in the woods. I nope. Um. Nope. Wow. Nope. That's okay. Okay. Gotta. I guess the multiple people looking for. Uh... The missing people in the woods. I guess they just stopped doing that in the pre- preceding nine months. Like, the killer does not seem very smart. Like, they should have caught him by this point. Oh, yeah. There's a lot to unpack about that. Especially, yeah. I, I guess Lester's gone. Uh, whatever the sergeant's name is. <laughs> Parsons? This. How can you forget Parsons? Oh, how can I forget Parsons? <laughs> I know I made this joke when we saw four the other week, but uh, when we saw four, <laughs> yes, I I know I made that joke then, but this would be a true crime story. Someone would look up eighteen people vanished in the mountains, and then came the child who wandered into town. What was the story that happened in Keen Wild? Ghost Adventures would go to investigate. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. That's the <laughs> movie. Like, things kind of happened in the last five minutes, but it's not, like, good enough. It's real glacial. Again, this isn't 80 minutes, and that's just with everything coming to a halt at the end and some very padded <laughs> opening sequences. So so much nature footage. Like, it's insane. Uh, like, I, I guess they, they did bring in some vultures. They, they, they hired some vultures. So that's, that's something. But that's, like, the only thing. Everything else is just stock footage or, like, like a raccoon that they saw. No, no, no. There was clearly a bird guy. Because remember, they oh, yeah. throw the birds that's at true. Gale, too. They, they, did find, they did throw a couple of, like, doves at her. Yeah. Sparrows or something. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I I don't know. This movie just sucks. This it's really hard to make this funny because I just started scribbling down a bunch of notes or looking at reviews of it to try and you know, I had some of the trivia like, oh, there was a second cut, but yeah. there's not much to discuss because this is maybe 30 to 40 minutes of movie in an 80 minute box. Yeah. And it's just, it just seems crazy. Like 
Like there's okay, there's tales. They're like a dime a dozen of uh producers or directors or stars of the pornographic world deciding they're gonna do it for real. They're gonna be in a they're gonna make a real movie and then they do and it's just like a one off and they just immediately turn back to porn. So mm-hmm. it's like it's not uncommon, but you're gonna go through all of that and this is the best you can do, really? Like n- not like they didn't even really write a script. Yeah. I was gonna say, do we think with more money this could have been better? Not maybe. Or it could have just been Because I saw been... mentioned that they ran out of film at one point. Yeah. I mean it yeah, it could have just been fifteen minutes of campfire eating instead of five. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I don't know that it would have led to better footage being captured if they had more of it. You've got a point. At least at least Jackie Coogan was in it. Jackie Coogan really is just a light in the center of this film for about five, ten minutes. Yeah, he's only in like two scenes. Yep. But he chews the scenery in both, even though he's only just holding one side of a conversation in each. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, uh, unless you have anything else to say about the prey, uh, I think I don't. I think it is time to move on to our next film. Well, you see, I decided that oh, no. I'm going to keep playing around with the edges of horror on this because yeah, eventually we're going to hit the boundary and we're going to narrow in, and I'm going to have a box to play in. But until then. I want to just uh, change it up a bit. So, yes. are you familiar with Jim Jarmish? Uh, I feel like I've heard this name before. Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai. Um, he, he's an actual filmmaker director. Okay. Yeah, I've I'm generally intending to just play it pretty fast and loose with what uh, what we describe as horror in this. It's the only sane way to do this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think this is going to be an interesting one because we're going to talk about Jim Jarmusch, Tilda Swinton, Tom Hiddleston, and the movie Only Lovers Left Alive. Okay. It is the story of two centuries-old vampires who are married, and they are in modern day now. They still clearly love each other, but they are at the point where they live in different continents and they can just communicate from around the world, keep track. One is a very depressed musician. The other is the kind who loves society and culture. But you can tell they have a fondness for each other. There's some twists I won't reveal, but the big crux of the movie is that her younger sister, who is also a vampire, comes back into their <laughs> life, and it has some effects on things. We will explore that next time, I guess. We will. It's uh, it's easily rentable a lot of places. If you have the Criterion channel, it's on again for November. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like uh, AMC Plus Roku Premium channel. Uh, the uh, The site that I'm generally looking at, it also shows, like, 
Spectrum On Demand or DirecTV, but I don't really count those as streaming services. This is just like full-on cable replacements. It's rentable on Amazon and yeah. YouTube, which... It, yeah. It is It is fairly recent, so it's out there. All right. Yeah, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll do that next time. And probably less footage of animals. There's going to be a little, but uh, I think... I think you're going to find you have a little more to discuss with this film. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for listening. Um, since we recorded last, we did finally launch this thing. So if you want to interact and just like let us know what you think, um, I have an email set up. It is a cheapscarescast, one word, at gmail.com. And uh, Twitter, uh, it is at cheapscares, again, just one word a good way to make sure that I actually like notice comments uh, you can just toss them up on our YouTube page you don't like have to watch like listen to the episodes on there but if you want to just say something specific about like one of our particular episodes you can just uh, toss it up on there and for what it's worth if you have uh, some suggestions yeah. pitch it to one or the other of us we are the ones who do this to ourselves and if you intrigue <laughs> one host or the other you might lead to that happening yeah no promises that we will like definitely uh follow through but we're always uh we're always looking for something new something interesting so just go ahead and try it I totally wasn't arguing with myself over what to suggest next time until a little before an hour before we recorded yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> unfortunately, that's also how we ended up with the prey. I think I'm going to start making a list and just keeping some in my back pocket. I have a better idea for my next one, but we will get there. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Thank you. Goodbye. See ya.